0: A few weeks ago, we worshiped in the round. We heard the same story that I'm about to read, but it was two words, love him, that we focused on then. So keep those words in mind, but today we're going to focus on the more difficult part of the scripture. So place yourself in the story and imagine you're the rich man as you come upon Jesus and you ask him a few questions. And imagine how you feel when you hear his answer. Here now the Gospel according to Mark. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your mother and father. He said to him, teacher, I have kept all of these since my youth. Jesus looking at him, loved him, and said, you lack one thing, go, sell what you own, give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked, and he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. May God continue to bless our understanding of this sacred text. Will you pray with me? O gracious and loving God, may the meditations of all our hearts and minds and spirits be pleasing unto you this day and always. All of his stuff that was strewn throughout the house this summer is pretty much gone now, with the exception of these really nice Nike tennis shoes, which he forgot to pack. And all of her stuff is also gone, with the exception of this bone that I found under a cabinet. And it's the only evidence of her ever even being there. Well, except for a few chewed corners on my kitchen cabinets and a single slipper that's missing its match, we never could find the other one. And everything of his has dwindled down to almost nothing. It's been over 10 years, and other than a few trinkets, all the remains of his stuff is his wedding ring and this pair of winter gloves. But let me explain. The Nikes are our son, Aaron's. He was home this summer from college, and when he arrived home back in May, he came with a lot of stuff that he very quickly distributed throughout the house. It was harder to walk in the kitchen with all of his shoes. Yes, he takes after his mother. The laundry room was full again, the Xbox came home with him, and the family room quickly seemed to become his again and was accessorized beautifully with an extra large box of Cheez-Its. And not only did all of his stuff come home, but the very night that he arrived, we went to the Humane Society and we came home with a three-month-old puppy. And do you know how much stuff a puppy requires? Crates and leashes and toys and Treats and lots of household cleaning products for, well, you know. Momentarily annoyed by it all, one does get used to a very clean house when it's only two adults, after all. I realized that all of his stuff meant he was home again, and how grateful I was that I would get to spend the summer with him, even though part of my summer would be reminding him to pick up his stuff. And, oh, that puppy, who clearly did not understand or care how I had grown to really love a clean house, christened my kitchen over and over again those first few weeks. While initially lamenting that assisting with puppy training was not part of the vision for my sabbatical, I quickly realized something was shifting. It was like, you know, that scene in The Grinch. When they say down in Whoville, his heart grew three inches that day. Yes, I fell in love with that little pup and all the stuff that came with her, and my heart swelled. And then there are these gloves. My dad was a tall man with a big, warm heart that matched his big, warm hands. And no matter how old I was, I loved walking hand in hand with him. And these gloves are one of the few things left of all of his stuff. And I will never let go of these. I put these on sometimes when I'm missing him the most. And I imagine me holding his hand again, like when I was five or 10 or 26, when he was walking me down the aisle at our wedding or when I was 46 and having to let go of his beautiful hands for the very last time. They say that less stuff equals more joy. And there are books and magazines and videos all dedicated to telling us how much happier we'll be if we get rid of our stuff. But some stuff, like this stuff, fills my heart with joy. I loved having Aaron's stuff all over the house this summer because now that his things are gone, it's just another reminder that I miss him and I eventually at least love having that puppy stuff everywhere because she'd greet me first thing in the morning. She'd want me to pet her and love her and play tug of war with one of her toys. She'd meet me by the back door if I had been gone for a while, tail wagging, begging for a walk, and more loving. Well, she's back at school with Erin too. And yes, I miss all of her stuff. And my dad, I cannot begin to tell you how much I miss my dad but I am incredibly grateful for this pair of gloves that brings me such bittersweet joy. So what do I do then with this Bible passage and Jesus's message to the rich man who had done so much good, he hadn't killed anyone, he hadn't committed adultery, he had honored his mother and father, but Jesus wanted more and said, sell everything you own and give the money to the poor and then come and follow me. Well, Jesus is the ancient spokesperson for the simplicity movement. Less really is more, and not only will you have more joy, you'll have treasure in heaven. But the rich man can't do it. The story reports he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Do I have too much stuff? Absolutely. Do all of us have too much stuff? I'm going to guess that yes, we do. Do we need to give more to the poor? Absolutely. Does my stuff get in the way of me following Jesus? And I'm afraid that yes, sometimes it does. Sometimes I buy stuff if I'm in a bad mood or sad, thinking that buying something will lift my spirits. And sometimes it does, but most often very temporarily. Instead, when I spend quiet time in prayer, it brings a much deeper and sustainable joy than I may ever experience buying something. Sometimes I buy stuff for other people who are grieving or sad, thinking that it will lift their spirits. But do you know what most people who are grieving or sad really want? They don't necessarily want a present, they want our presence. We are often the presence of God when we sit with someone just listening, holding their hand, letting them cry. And maybe even the bigger question that Jesus wants us to ponder is this. Does having a lot of stuff not only get in the way of our joy or in the way of following Jesus, but does our abundance of things actually mean less joy for someone else? And I'm afraid I have to answer that question with a yes as well. You see, Jesus doesn't just say, sell your things so you can follow me. He says, sell your things and give your money to the poor our acquisitions, if kept to a minimum, means we might just have more resources to share with those who have no stuff, or no food, or no health care, or no home. It is not an easy story to hear. And like the rich man in the scripture, we may go away grieving. But think about this for a moment. What is really the thing that is keeping us from following Jesus? Maybe it's the long hours and hard work that we do to earn the income we need to buy all the stuff in the first place. Maybe it's the stuff of busy and distracted lives that keep us from following Jesus. Maybe it's those bloody phones. I don't know what it is for you, but I think Jesus wants us to at least spend some time in prayer, discerning what it might be that keeps us from completely following him. A wise man put it this way, Being blessed with material wealth, things like a nice home and decorations, cars, clothing, and electronics, is great. I've been given all of those things in my life, and I'm grateful. But at times, some of these good things become the things that I begin to worship or protect, in a sense, forgetting what is truly important. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus teaches a similar lesson in this way. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so it really begs the question, where are our hearts? And I have to believe that this is the core question, the heart of his desire for us. Is is it our treasure, material things? Or is our treasure trusting in God's love for us and following the teachings of Jesus? Is our treasure our families, our friends, the poor, the vulnerable, the care of God's creation? So yes, perhaps less stuff does result in more joy for us as well as those who might receive much from our generosity. But less things just for simplicity's sake misses the mark of Jesus' story. Jesus wants abundant life for us, but abundance of love, abundance of mercy, abundance of taking care of one another. Songwriter Ben Rector sings this. The whole world is spinning crazy, and I can't quite keep up. I find the farther that I climb, there's always another line of mountaintops. It's never gonna stop, and the more of anything I do, the thing that always ends up true is getting what i want will never be enough so i i just want to look more like love i just want to look more like love and the apostle paul teaches to learn to be content with little or with much but to always depend on christ for the strength to follow him no matter what and so i pray to be more mindful of the stuff that gets in my way of following jesus and trust that with God, all things are possible. I pray that my treasure begins with a heart to be more like Jesus longs for me to be. And I pray with every day that I look a little more like love. So these little treasures, these shoes, the dog bone, they represent where my heart is. I know I can do without the shoes. I know, I, but I can't do without Aaron. I can give away the leftover dog bone. I can hardly wait to see that puppy again. But these gloves, these gloves, God, I'm sorry, but I simply cannot give them away. But God, I hope you know that I will try really, really hard to be generous in my giving and try really hard to follow you as faithfully as I can. And I pray for the strength of your son to make it so, amen.